Thank you, Ro. So my friend Alan Scott used to say, this world is brutal on hope. And I'm not sure what your hopes are. Uh, my wife's taken to buying uh, Yield Valley organic milk. Uh, don't worry, it's, it's not an ad. Um, but they are running an offer, which is to win a Tesla. Now, if you know me, you know I'm interested in technology and I, I love Tesla. Um, they're full of technology. Uh, they're environmental, so they're electric. And they're also very, very quick. So every time we get a new bottle of milk, um, I get very, very excited. In fact, given we're doing weekly shops now rather than everyday shops, there's normally three arrive into the house. Uh, so I pull off the little tab um, and on the back of the label, it reveals a code. Um, and you put the code into the website uh, and you see if you're a winner. Now, don't, don't, don't be cheating. Don't be pausing the video and putting in this code. I've already tried it and it, and it, and it doesn't work. Uh, it comes up with a picture of a cow and says, better luck next time. And my hopes are dashed. That's a pretty trivial example. And sadly, I, I can imagine that many of us could tell stories of real hopes that have been dashed. Some perhaps in this COVID-19 crisis that we're in right now. Maybe hopes for relationships that have just fallen apart. Or hopes for businesses uh, or jobs that that haven't happened. Hopes perhaps um, for health, maybe more seriously for either yourself or for others. Our world can be brutal on hope. And the Bible has a lot to say about hope. The climax of the Apostle Paul's great passage on love in 1 Corinthians 13 identifies his top three. And now these three remain, faith, hope and love. But the greatest of these is love. It's true, the greatest is love, but hope makes it into the top three. It's pretty important too. And Jesus himself is pretty audacious when it comes to hope. Matthew's gospel refers to a prophecy which says, in his name, the nations will put their hope. Matthew twelve twenty one, And Matthew says this is talking about Jesus. Jesus' name, his character, his values, his very person we can place our hope in him. I talked about hope in our carol service about four months ago. The Christmas story is not just about a baby being born in a stable. It's about hope entering the human story. It's about God entering the world as a human, living life among us, calling us to find him like the shepherds, calling us to love him like Mary and Joseph and calling us to follow him like the disciples and calling us to place our hope in him. Jesus' teaching, if you look through the Gospels, was all about building hope in him, in Jesus. His disciples considered him to be this Messiah come to rescue the people of Israel and free them from their oppressors, which they naturally took to be the occupying Roman army. John 4 tells the story about Jesus meeting a woman at a well in Samaria. And this woman had had her hopes dashed many, many times, particularly in the area of relationships. She had been married five times and none of the marriages lasted. She had been hoping for love and acceptance, 
but not finding either. And Jesus meets up with her by this well and using a pic- the picture of water, he tells her, this is John 14 verse 13, sorry, John 4 verse 13. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. Jesus is saying, if you hope in the normal things for her a new man or acceptance from friends around her, you're going to thirst again. These things will disappoint you at some point and your hope is going to be dashed. But then, Jesus says, if you hope in me, in the water I give you, then you will be satisfied. Later on in in the same gospel, John 10, verse 10, Jesus says, I have come that they might have life and have life to the full. And the disciples got it. They left their families to follow Jesus. They left their jobs. Some of them were good jobs in the fishing industry. One was a particularly lucrative job in the inland revenue. But their hopes were dashed on Good Friday. Jesus had had a good start the week before. On Palm Sunday, it seemed like the whole city of Jerusalem welcomed Jesus. He rode in triumphantly. People were putting their coats down in the road, cutting off branches from palm trees, putting them down. It was an amazing celebration. Everything was looking great. But instead of leading a successful and maybe preferably bloodless uprising against the Romans and establishing his kingdom in Jerusalem, Jesus was rejected by the religious and political leaders. Not just the Romans, but by his own people. And with the Roman governor's consent, he was crucified. And with him gone, so the disciples' hope vanishes. No wonder in the passage we just read in the story we heard about the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, they said, we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. We had hoped. They had high hopes. But on Good Friday, those hopes were dashed to pieces. But that was Friday. And as Tony Campolo once said, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Let's just take a few minutes to listen to a spoken word piece by Phil Knox called The Comeback. It's finished. It's over. There's more of them than us and they look a lot bigger. The villain's got the girl and his fingers on the trigger. Voldemort, Sauron and Vader reign. It's gone to penalties against the Germans again. It's a terrible feeling when hope is erased. Faith misplaced. Virtue defaced. Gloom embraced. Reputation replaced with the taste of disgrace. When you've pushed every door and it's been slammed in your face. When you realise you're third in a two-horse race. So come sit with me on Golgotha's slopes. See human history at its lowest ebb. See the forces of goodness and grace on the ropes. Evil had spoken, last rites read. In a phony gown and thorny crown, he's mocked and knocked and shamed. 
as he staggers down through an angry town they spit and hit and hate. Hands that forged galaxies and flung starry trails are pierced and punctured by merciless nails. His body succumbing to brutal infliction. These the horrors of crucifixion. And as dice are tossed, hope is lost, desolate disciples count the cost. King of the Jews, his headrest embossed, a criminal's killing on Calvary's cross. And as last words cut through foul-smelling air, the whole of the cosmos cries out in despair, it is finished. It's over. But then dawn breaks on Easter day, darkness quakes as shadows give way to the light. See, resurrection's the plan, it's why God sent him. And the comeback's on, there's a change of momentum. The powers of damnation in previous jubilation have been hushed and crushed by the Lord of creation. See, he takes the hit, stands where we should have stood, and that's why we call Friday good. And he's back with life and with us and blessed. And that's why we can know it as Sunday best. So to the 4-0 down, to the backs against the wall, listen to his rallying resurgent call. And to those up against it in brokenness and pain, Easter's story roars, we go again. So thine be the glory, death lost its sting. Here's to Jesus, the comeback king. I love this piece. You see, it's got, well, it's got some, uh, one of them is this. You see, resurrection's the plan. It's why God's horror of Good Friday and Easter Saturday was always framed by the hope of Easter Sunday. Just like Aslan in The Lion and the Witch and Wardrobe, resurrection was always his plan. Another line I love is this, to those up against it in brokenness and pain, Easter story, Easter's story roars, we go again. The hope in that statement is palpable, isn't it? I love Easter Sunday. It's one of my favourite days of the year. In Christmas, we have hope birthed. In Easter Sunday, we have hope consummated, hope made real. We have hope that breaks into the darkest of situations. The empty cross piece uh, that provided the final scene uh, in films uh, in Phil's spoken word, which incidentally he said they didn't know about until they were filming that last bit and they realised the cross was there. That for me is the symbol of hope. The empty cross. Jesus victorious. The life Jesus promised is available. He has conquered all that can defeat us even death itself. So wherever you're at today, particularly if you're struggling or mourning or despairing in these challenging times, the Easter story roars that there is hope. The resurrected Jesus will walk with you through whatever difficulties you're facing right now and he will bring you to the other side, to life, to life in all its fullness. 
And if you don't know this hope right now, if you don't know Jesus, can I encourage you to reach out to him? You can simply tell him you're putting your hope in him. The prayer of the thief in the cross beside Jesus was simple. Lord, remember me whenever you come into your kingdom. You don't need to pray any magic words or complicated formula. You just need to receive his love and place your hope in him. I'm going to hand over to Ronai just to lead us in a prayer. So let's pray together. If it helps you to concentrate as we pray to God our creator and deliverer, feel free to close your eyes where you are. Lord, we turn to you for hope in the situation we find ourselves facing, particularly with the COVID-19 virus. Thank you, God, that whilst the evil one seeks to come and bring fear, destruction and death, you came to bring hope, restoration, healing and life to the full, both now and for eternity. Father, I pray for your spirit that carries that hope, restoration, healing and life to come and touch each one of us where we need it now. Lord, we pray for the people who are really sick in hospital with COVID-19 at the moment, that they would call out to you and you would come to their side and touch each one of them by your spirit. May they experience your healing, your love for them, your forgiveness and your gift of eternal life. Lord, we pray for those who are working in the NHS to care for the sick. God, may you give them supernatural strength, courage, protection, love and compassion beyond measure for their patients and their relatives, I pray. Father, we specifically also want to pray for sufficient personal protective equipment to be quickly made available for them. And Father, we also want to pray for those in positions of decision-making and power. Lord, may they call on you and may you give them your wisdom and your guidance for how to proceed. Father, go with us, we pray. Amen. <laughs>